Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive help supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Crime. This is our true crime comedy podcast where we explore true crime with a romantic element. Yes. Or a romantic angle. You know, angle. Twist. Something. Listen, we will reach if we have to. Yeah, but you we'll, know. We'll make, we can make all crime romantic at this point. Yeah. And yeah. you might be wondering what and why did they come up with this idea? Well, yeah. let me tell you. Tell us. I'm a girl. I'm Vanya. Hi. And I'm a girl who likes romantic comedies. That's right, and I'm Avrin, hey, and I'm a girl who loves true crime. That's right, and I'm afraid of everything. So we thought we'd get together because we love each other and we love talking yeah. to each other, and I feel safe when I'm with you, Avrin. Oh, I feel safe when I'm with you, too. Yeah, so... And we just gab good. <laughs> yeah. That was all, that's our thing. It's yeah. what we do. So yeah. we decided to record ourselves gabbing. Right. <laughs> because I felt like, listen, I'd, I'd like to be less afraid in this life, so I'd right. like to go on a journey... Of true crime with my friend Avrin here. And I wanted really badly to take you on this journey. And I'm like, I'm going to keep it light with romance. (laughs) (laughs) How's that working out for you, Vaughn? It's okay, because the episode we're about to do today, I have to tell you guys, this is not our first try. It was actually so upsetting. We We tried to record it once, and honestly, both her and I, but like, I was feeling sick to my stomach. And I sensed that... Things were going off the rails. So I was like, you know what? Let's just put a pin in this for a minute and let's uh, not record it. it. I was like sweating. It was hot. It was really hot in my apartment that night. That's true. We didn't have the AC on because we thought it would be loud. So it was like 85 degrees and um, we were sweating and talking about horrible things. Yes. And it just got the best of both of us, honestly. It was my idea to stop, not yours. And it was dark outside. And I was like, guys, maybe we do this at brunch next time. (laughs) So right now we're sitting on... No, I'm kidding. It is... It's nighttime nighttime again. But But I feel safe because I have lots of... All the lights are on. Mm -hmm. It's a really comfortable temperature in here. It's a comfortable temperature. We've got a little champagne. Champagne. Yeah, because we need it. It just helps, helps, you know. Listen, I like to drink a lot of things, but once I put my kids... I mean, I have had like a 16-hour day already. Maybe longer. I don't know. I can't really count, but I've been up since five with the children. 
So, Holy jeez. Yeah, I know. Isn't it rude? Yeah, that's it's just real like rude. rude. I love them so much. But they need to learn to sleep in a little. Honestly. And, you know, uh, the uh, we, we go to this, like, you know, sort of special, not special, whatever. We go to this pediatrician group, and they're very, like, kind of uh, strict about stuff. And they're like, if your baby cries in the morning, you just let them cry until whenever you want to pick them up. So seven hours. So... Or seven, not seven hours. Oh, they're like, hours. let your child cry for seven no, hours. No, no, no. <laughs> so, so they go to bed by seven, You, they wake up at seven, and you let them cry it out. Well, I can't hear crying. It just breaks my heart. Especially in the morning, I'm like, it hurts me. Right. But now my baby's not a baby. He's two, and he's like, mama, mama, daddy, where are you? Oh, no. Oh, yeah. So, he's so it's like, not crying. It's literally like, come and get me, motherfuckers. Yeah, exactly. I'm ready. <laughs> and I did this morning. I got him, and I like tried to smother him. Oh, with, with like with milk yeah. oh. and, and, and myself. No, but really, I was like, just go to sleep, buddy. I, that's what I say. I try to reason. I'm like, dude, yeah. it's early, man. Like, it's dark out still. Yeah, let's lay back down. And he's down. like, mama. And then tries to like put his finger up my nose. Okay. Oh, Sorry, I digress. He's a cutie, though. He's very cute, but um, just sleeping. I will also say that it makes me so happy to hear you say that doctors recommend, you know, 12 hours of sleep. Because that's my preferred amount of sleep. <laughs> so I now feel really, really vindicated. Anytime yeah. my husband gives me a hard time where he's like, you got to get up, man. You don't need to sleep for 12 hours. And I'm like, yes, I do. Here's the thing. It's, regen- it's regenerative. It's Is that restorative. The right word? restorative. Yeah, it's, it's all those things. Listen, that's why I look like someone kicked me in the face with a boot because I no, have aged in the last however many years because, of the, because I've gotten no sleep and right. I'm just like drinking coffee and... Champagne at night. No, I'm kidding. But you know what I mean? Like occasional champagne at night. I need to drink more water. I need to get more sleep. I need more lotions on yeah. my body. Maybe we should figure out how to record this during the daytime so that you can just put yourself to bed right after your kids go That's to bed. That's true. I need to exfoliate. I, I need know, to exfoliate. <laughs> this is the difference between LA and New York though. Because when we lived in New York, it's so like it's so humid there that I always had like a, you know, maybe I look greasy, but I had like a Sheen you got a, on my like face. A nice kind of yeah, like a moisturized. I look moisturized, and now I look and and it's like everything. I look like <laughs> everything's puckered up. I feel very similarly, actually. Yeah. I can't put enough lotion on now that I live in LA. Whereas yeah. I don't remember ever, other than like the you know requisite like lotion you put on your face before you put your makeup on in the morning. No, it's like you need more. Hey, guys and gals of LA or any desert places, let us know any hacks you have because seriously, I'm just getting old and I. I mean, I feel like I'm looking older, and I want to be a baby. <laughs> you look beautiful, Vanya. Thank you. You look beautiful, Avril. Oh, you're sweet. Oh, let's talk about this awful shit let's that we're about, about to talk about. Let's talk about just the worst two human beings to ever walk <laughs> the face of the earth. Okay. So, as we mentioned before, this, first of all, I do like to put this out there because even though this is a true crime podcast, part of the whole concept that we came up with is that this is meant to be a little bit more fun, lighthearted for first timers yeah. like Vanya who don't <laughs> maybe love to get into the details of like horrific serial killers and the, their minds and why. Right. That's my domain. And every once in a while, <laughs> you know, when we run out of, I don't know, lighter fare, which has been actually surprisingly, I feel like easy to come up with, you know, crime sure. that doesn't have to terrify you, yeah. but can be more yeah. conversational yeah. and like, just tell the story. But, you know, if we're going to do... But I want to, but I want to, like, not be scared to go for these of course, things, you yeah. know? But this one was, like, I was all in, man. And then, like, I was like, oh, man. This is really this bad. Is, this, really is, this is really bad. 
And you're you're not wrong. Do you think even it's I, one of the worst? I think it is. And I okay. think especially... That makes me feel better. Um, it's definitely known as like one of the very worst okay. um, serial killings. It's a couple. It's a serial killing couple from um, Britain. And it yeah. is one of their worst. Yeah. Although they weirdly have a lot of these. I like haven't. Britain has a thing with the couples who, I have a who theory. do the killing. Oh, we can should, talk about you want to share it now or well, later? We can. I just think it's rural. Rural, oh. angry, alcoholic-soaked, upsetting, abused well, people. I don't know. It's, not, saying, it's, not, it's not like a new theory, but... <laughs> I was like, well, you could definitely be describing many places in the world <laughs> right now. true, I know. <laughs> okay, so we're just going to hop right in. Yep. But for everybody, yes, that was just my kind of disclaimer. What you are about to hear is disturbing and upsetting and um, a true story. And if you have children in the car, do not listen. Oh, yeah, definitely nobody under the age of 18 should listen to this. Yeah. Okay, so this is going to be the story of Fred and Rosemary West. Fred and Rosemary West were a notorious serial-killing couple who spent 20 years abducting, raping, torturing, and killing at least a dozen young women including two of their own children, Ugh. before they were finally caught in 1994. Jesus, Mary and Joseph. Just the worst fucking people ever. <clears throat> Fred West was born in the small town of Muchmarkle in Herefordshire. Shire. <laughs> Herod Farchmanar. Herefordshire is how it is spelled. I apologize to anybody from the UK or, or who from knows, that city. Or who knows how to say these words. I will probably township. mess up a couple of the towns. <laughs> so, Fred West was born in the small town of Muchmarkle in Herefordshire. He was the second of six children born to Walter and Daisy West. And sexual abuse and incest were a normal part of the West household, where it is said that Walter sexually abused Fred's sisters and taught Fred at a very young age about bestiality. Did he not abuse him? Um, not sexually. He's like, I will, we can have sex with animals and my children, my, and my daughters. daughters. But it is also believed that Daisy West, Fred's mother, took Fred's virginity when he was just 12 years old. Barf. And also encouraged him to engage in incest with his sisters. Fuck. So really, really healthy, happy environment to grow up in. Yeah. Um, I did a little research on incest, which maybe we should go through yeah, let's, the other this chick is, first. Well, no, let's, we can get, okay, this fine. is going to be. Because this was very upsetting to me, and I'm just like, oh my God, poor gay. It's not that much research, but I did, I, I like read a million articles, if the ones I could find for free today um, online, because otherwise you have to buy, like get into some sort of Library of Congress and yada yada, whatever. Library so, of Congress? I don't know, I made that up. I made I that up. I love it. Um, it was been some a, library. at the Library of Congress all day, <laughs> studying incest. Walking through the halls. <laughs> Actually, you know what? I was really thinking that while I was doing the research, because, because like before we had the internet, I, I loved a fucking library. Take I love a library, library still, but you're Let right. Let me walk down a library hallway. By the way, fun fact, I've been kicked out of three libraries because my voice resonates. And <laughs> Isn't that rude? I love a library so much. I love librarians. I love story. And the fact that I've been kicked You've out been of three. you kicked out for being too loud? I get a little bitter. And when somebody shushes me, I get very rageful. I like that about you. Know, you. you know who you are. <laughs> You've ever shushed me. Gonna have the opposite of desired effect. I'll never forget it if you shift shish me. Okay, <laughs> so um, so why incest? Well, okay. here's some why? factors. I really, three, I don't even know if I want to know why. I know why. Well, whatever. Okay. How so, does it happen? So, well, I don't think there's like a real who knows, but it's it's really down and out sort of peeps. The role of substance abuse, including alcohol, huge factor, and mm-hmm. mental illness. Okay, that's a huge factor. That's one. Um, another one is 
subculture values. You know, so it's I had to look it up because I was like, what? I mean, I know what a subculture is. Is that almost is. like a cult? Yes, exactly. Okay. Like, so when everybody gets together and everyone's thinking like-mindedly or, you know, on some weird so, shit. So, like, in this case, yes. it sounds like his parents created basically yeah. a cult-like environment where incest was the norm. There was nothing exactly. taboo about it. In exactly. fact, it was encouraged. Yep, exactly, which is barf. Yeah. And then the other one is overcrowding. Okay. And then also social isolation. So I think in that case too, it was like a small town. Right, there were six like, kids. Here's your they sheep. Were, yeah, they were poor. They lived probably, they lived like I think on a small farm with a bunch of them and yeah. it was very rural. Yeah. That's, those are, so that's a perfect storm. But ooh, there's good news. Oh. The good news is human beings are naturally non-incestuous. Yay! Yay! For humanity! Yeah, so that's why I think um, when you when most people hear about these things, that's it's, why it's quite so disturbing. Upsetting. Yeah, because uh, honestly, on a very like uh, biological level, it yes. goes against nature. Exactly, it Thank does. You. It you really does. Yeah. So, but that's but that's right. actually well. Those are interesting facts, yeah. and every single thing that you just mentioned, I think, applies to Fred West's childhood. Interesting. All right, so back to the monster. <laughs> At the age of fifteen. Fred dropped out of high school and just went to work on the farm. wasn't wasn't a very bright young man. Right. At 17, he was in a motorcycle accident that put him in a coma for over a week and resulted in a metal plate being placed in his skull. Ooh. After this accident, Fred became prone to violent outbursts. Only a short while later, and I love that this is what I wrote when I was writing the story out. Only a short while later, a <laughs> badass young woman pushed Fred off of a fire escape after he attempted to put his hand up her skirt without permission. That motherfucker. High five to you, young lady. Yes. But this also resulted in um, another, another head injury. Yeah. Um, I lost my place. Well, here, wait. But that's, isn't that, like, maybe you're about to say this, but isn't that a thing, like, a bunch of serial killers have? They, like, have major head trauma? That is um, a theory that they, that has been, I think, probably researched and at least talked about yeah. where several well-known and well-researched serial killers had some kind of traumatic brain injury as a child. Right. So, like, as their brain was still developing. So, I don't. I'm not a scientist. I don't know how developed one's brain is at the age of 17. I'm, I'm also assuming, not a scientist. I'm assuming not fully developed. Right. right. So basically by the age of 19, this was the this was the second major head injury Fred experienced. And this coupled with his abusive upbringing most likely, we will say, played a role in the monster Equals that he would serial become. Serial killer. Yes. On top of all that good stuff, at 19, Fred was also convicted of molesting and impregnating a 13-year-old friend of the family. Oh. But he didn't serve any jail time because he was deemed incapable of being responsible due to his severe head injuries. What the actual fuck? Are I don't understand. Are you serious? Yeah. They basically said that because of the injuries to his brain, mm -hmm. it, like recent injuries, that he wasn't in control of what he was doing even though it's now a well-documented fact that he'd been engaged in inappropriate sexual relationships with his sister, with his mother, with animals. I don't think the head injury had anything to do with Interesting. it. But because of it, he literally Got served out. no jail time, no dem demerit on his permanent record. Yeah, I'm sure they were things. like, oh, boys will be boys. I know. It's, ugh. I know. I hate that shit. So after this, Fred is disowned by most of his family and moves away for a couple but of years. But wait, that's kind of weird. How is he disowned by his family? What, that just, what, because he made, he impregnated it was somebody? Out, it was outside the family. Oh, that's now. some fucked up shit. No, I actually, that, I just made that up. But in my brain, that's the only thing I can think of. They were embarrassed yeah. because 
it was out there in the open. Right. It was um, family friends, so like friends of his parents' kid. And it was outside that's, the family. Like maybe they had never encouraged him to ever do anything with anyone who wasn't a relative. Oh, that's really weird. Okay, so but I do remember you telling me the last time we tried to do this podcast. <laughs> Sorry. Um that right. um Fred West's dad said you could do whatever you want, but just don't get caught, right? Like right. something like that. So maybe that was so, it. He got caught. And so to me, that says that that guy, his dad, knew there was knew right and wrong. Right. I mean, yes, they all clearly must have understood that what they were doing was taboo. And I think that this is very telling. So once it becomes kind of like, excuse me, I drank some champagne. Now I'm like, ooh. Um, But it became public knowledge that he had done something sexually deviant and abusive to a young girl. So that was different than what So he broke his dad's rule. Yeah, he broke his dad's rule. And what they were doing before was in the confines of their own home with their own family members. So this was an outside person. This reflected really badly on all of them. And so it's not, I think, terribly surprising okay. that this really special, fun, you know, close-knit gang yeah. would turn their back on him because they're, sh- they're a bunch of shitheads. Okay, I so, got it. So he is basically disowned by his family. I'm finding my place in the story. I've discovered it actually is so much easier to tell these stories if you kind of write them down yeah. other than, because I'll just go from front to back to side, you know. Well, especially, here's the thing. For us, when it's something gruesome, yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll never tangents. find our place yeah. back. Because I won't. My, my, my whole cycle will be like, I don't want to know about it. Right. But Skipping no. that. But keep going. So, Fred is disowned by most of his family after this and moves away for a couple of years where he gets and loses several menial jobs before eventually returning back to Much Markle. Much Markle. Much Markle. That's a fun name for a town. Much Markle. I'm from Much Markle. I'm from Much Markle. I guess, never mind. I'm not going to do accent work right now. We're going to keep going. Yeah. (laughs) So when he returns home, he basically rekindles a relationship with Catherine Rena, is what she goes by, Costello, who was an ex-girlfriend of his in high school and who is now working as a prostitute or a sex worker, which is the more appropriate thing to say. Sorry. Working as a sex worker at the time that they got back together. Okay. The two of them move- In Much Markle? In Much Markle, they get back together. And she's working as a, pro- as a, sex, a worker. sex worker there. Okay. And I guess she was always kind of in a life of crime. When high okay. school, when they were dating, she was into like robbery and stuff like that. So um, they moved to Scotland after they get back together. Um, they moved to Scotland and get married only two months after they basically rekindled their relationship, even though Rena was pregnant with another man's baby. Oh. And... After the baby was born, because now they're living in Scotland, so they're not close to the family. Gotcha. But after the baby was born, to explain to his family why their, why their daughter, Charmaine, was half Asian, they told his parents that their baby had died in childbirth, so they decided to adopt another child. And that's why she wasn't Didn't their, look like their kid. Okay, sure. Fine. Yeah. So then um, Rena and Fred are married now. They have another daughter named Anne-Marie. Um, over the course of their marriage, and eventually they flee the small town in Scotland they're living in after Fred, who was working as an ice cream truck driver, accidentally hit and killed a four-year-old boy with the ice cream truck. Now, for all accounts, this was 100% an accident, but still, like... Was it? What a fucking dick. Like, how much... He probably had no remorse. Probably not, yeah. It's a psychopath, a serial yeah. killer. He probably was more worried that somehow there was going to be retaliation against him. Absolutely. So they leave Scotland because of this incident. Um, and they return home with their two daughters, a woman named Issa McNeil, who was their nanny, 
and a woman named Anna McFall, who was a good friend of the couple's. When they return home to Gloucester, yeah, that's right, Gloucester, Fred gets a job as a butcher. Yeah. <clears throat> Classic serial killer We don't need job. to give this man any more, like, you know... I mean, or just teach him even reason. more terrible, exactly. like, skills. So, not too long after moving back to Gloucester, Rena has basically... She's done. She's had enough of his violent outbursts and his constant demands for sex, and she leaves and goes back to Scotland. We'll get back to the fact that she didn't take her kids with her in just a minute. Mm. Just, I just, to me, I just don't understand that. Oh, so, during this neither. time that she goes back to Scotland... Uh, Fred basically starts up a relationship with the young friend who had come with them, Anna McFall, and she gets pregnant with his child. After a short while in Scotland, Rena misses her children, so she decides to come back to Gloucester. And uh, Fred, who's annoyed by Anna's attempts and like nagging at him to divorce Rena and marry her instead, commits his very first murder when he kills and dismembers his pregnant mistress, and buries her in a field. Ew. Now, something that I didn't mention at the top, so we know what they spent 20 years doing, but I guess if there was a signature, because serial killers often right. have signatures, oh, yes. right. if there was a signature for Fred and Rosemary West, and really it's just Fred West, right. is that a signature that he had been the person who had murdered someone was that they their fingertips and their toes would be would have been removed. And in some cases, their kneecaps. Weird. So that's a signature. So that will end up playing Interesting. playing into stuff later. Sure. So basically, when I say he killed and dismembered Anna, that's what I mean by dismembered. Okay, so he's like cutting so off he's the fingertips. Cut, cut, cutting off the kneecaps, cutting off the toes. <clears throat> Gross. Yeah. Sorry. No, no, it's All okay. Right. I mean, listen, for some reason, I can handle it today. All right, well, good. We're in a good... You know yeah. what? I think maybe you've had to sit with this for so it's long true. now that you're like, okay, just... I'm, we're, we're releasing We're just it. going I'm for the I'm sorry to anyone for this is your first time. Yeah. I gave a disclaimer. Okay. All right, so only a few months after he has done that, Rena, who had come back, is like, you know what? Fuck, no. You're just terrible. I hate you. And leaves yeah. again and returns to Scotland and leaves her daughters what? with Fred. I just The fuck can't, is wrong with her? I can't find any information, like about why she would do that. The only thing I could think of is that the way that she was making a living sure. and all those things were not necessarily conducive to having children around. Mm -hmm. And at least at this time, you know, like Fred was a butcher and had a steady job and a house and right. maybe it just seemed like the right thing to do, but she clearly had to know what kind of person he was to a degree. Yeah, I guess she didn't know he was a child molester yet. Yeah. But. So in February of 1968, Daisy West, Fred's mother, passes away. Okay. And... In this time period, directly after that, he starts to commit petty thefts and has a string of different jobs, which he can't really hold down for very long. And it is his stint as a bakery truck driver during this time when he was doing all kinds of stuff where he will meet Rosemary Letts on her 15th birthday in 1968. Mm -hmm. Side note, this is just like a asterisk yeah. in the story. It is suspected that in January of 1968, so this would be before his mom died, okay, and bef and before he met Rosemary, um, it is suspected that Fred is responsible for the murder of Mary Bastholm, who was a 15-year-old girl who disappeared from a bus stop, and that is because when they found her remains, the telltale missing fingertips, oh, yep. toes, toes and, kneecaps. and kneecaps was part of the signature. It's good to know. All right. So now on to Rosemary. <clears throat> this might be the thing that make, upsets me more. Not really. They're both upsetting, but yeah, keep going. Yeah, it's Sorry. all upsetting. 
So Rosemary Letts was born to Bill and Daisy Letts in 1953. She also grew up in an abusive household where her father... Her mom was named Daisy, too. Oh, yeah, both Daisies. Weird. Very strange. So she also grew up in an abusive household where her father, Bill, who was schizophrenic, would violently discipline her siblings and her mother, Daisy. And to avoid her father's wrath, Rosemary played the part of doting daughter and daddy's girl, and soon her sick, disgusting father replaced his wife in his bed with his daughter, Rosemary. Mm. It should also be noted that during uh, Daisy Letts, not Daisy West, so Daisy Letts, Rosemary's mama, that's fun to say. Yeah. <laughs> Daisy Letts, not Daisy West. Um, she was a severe depressive, and yeah. um, while she was pregnant with Rosemary, underwent several electro... It's ECT, is that right? Elec- yeah. Electrocognitive treatments, basically electroshock yeah, therapy. Yeah, yeah, yes. And this was done while she was pregnant, and it is even reported that the final session she had was within days of the birth of Rosemary. So... Rosemary has also kind of noticed at a young age that there might be something slightly off with her. She has this weird thing where she rocks as a toddler and kind of bangs her head into things. But so she's most likely has some kind of, some kind of, there's a, there's residual effects of that on her brain. So Another head trauma. mm Mm-hmm. Head trauma in the womb, no less. I mean, Lord... Lord. God help us all. So, because of her abusive and tumultuous home life, and possibly because of the brain injuries she sustained in utero, Rosemary performed poorly in school and became sexually promiscuous at a really young age, often having sex with older men, sometimes for money. When Uh. she was 15, her mom finally was like, fuck this guy, and moves the family out of the house. Oh, she divorces her. She leaves the dad, brings the kids. And um, for some reason, shortly after all that happens, Rosemary's like, nah, I'm going to go and live with dad. And then very shortly after she moves back in with her father, she meets Fred West, who was 12 years older than her. Okay. So she's 15. He is 27. I feel like that age difference is not that that big of a deal if you're not 15. You know, like if I'm 20 and I meet a 32-year-old, right. I'm, whatever, you know what I mean? If you're 30 and you get with a 42-year-old. Fine. I really don't think it's a big, that, I don't think it's a big deal if you're age of age. Age difference is not a big yeah. deal once everyone is of consenting That's age. That's true, yeah. You know, but like 15 and 27 is fucked up. Yeah, I feel like if you're an older person looking at it, whether you're a guy or a girl, you should just reevaluate it. Yeah. Like you just, can't even drive yet. No. At least in the US, I don't know what the rules are. That's in, true. There are in, probably no rules. In I think that's that's one of the main things back then is like back in the sixties to the eighties, there's right. not a lot of rules no, for a lot of things. Lack of rules. So that could definitely be an issue. All right. So so despite the fact that this is kind of a weird detail, despite the fact that her father was an abusive asshole, yeah. he actually like strongly protested this relationship as inappropriate and that this man was way too old for her. Weird. Fuck you, you You know why? It's creep. outside the family. Another yeah, kind of that's another thing, you know, it's this it's okay for him to do it, but for right. another older, kind of predatory seeming man, it's not cool. So he all of a sudden is like, I'm a defensive dad. <sighs> yeah. Um, but that doesn't really work out because she stays with Fred. Um and I've lost my place again. Wait, Sorry. do you think that at this point Fred was like going to like kind of do bad things to her? Or well, I think what is ironic is so we mentioned before that he met her when he was like had a stint driving like a bakery truck. Yeah. Let's assume he probably picked her up in the same way that we will hear about 
him and her are picking a yeah. lot of people up with predatory intentions, but just yeah. happened to find a kindred spirit in her. Right. She was a child, so I don't really understand. And she was 15. They're weird. I just, Holy yeah. They're, yeah they're, they were in love, you guys. This is romantic. <gasps> romantic crimes. All right. <clears throat> I'm just going to, sorry, I have to like shake that off because that grossed yeah, me out. Yeah, shake it off. So um, during this period of time, so when they're basically first together, Fred is constantly in and out of jail for petty thefts and failure to pay fines for crimes he's committed. So, um, oh, lost my place, sorry. So he's in and out of jail, failure to pay fines for other crimes, and Rosemary also becomes pregnant with their first child, a daughter that they will name Heather. So at the age of 17, with Fred in jail, Rosemary is the sole caretaker for her two stepdaughters, Charmaine and Anne-Marie, and her infant daughter, Heather. So she's 17, she's living in a studio flat, and she's taking care of three kids. Kill me. Two of whom aren't hers. And uh, Rosemary has always been known to have a temper, and um, she really resented her, her stepdaughters. Yeah. But especially Charmaine, who was um, described as an energetic and spirited eight-year-old, and um, she just couldn't stand her. And this caused her to be incredibly hateful and violent in her treatment of both of her um, stepchildren. And uh, basically, while Fred was in prison in 1971, at some point, Rosemary totally lost control and didn't just violently punish Charmaine. She violently killed Charmaine. Oh, my God. So now Rosemary How has did killed she kill someone. How there's a couple of different, they found the body so much oh, later, yeah. but either like strangulation oh, yeah. or blunt force trauma. Okay. Either. It's upsetting, sorry. Both upsetting things. Well, no, I mean, it's the, it's the facts of the story. But what's even more interesting is so then when Fred got out of jail, he dismembered and buried his daughter's body, which means that she kept the body somewhere hidden until Fred got out and let him take care of disposing it. Because <sighs> he was because she knew he would. Well, yeah. Because at and this then, point, maybe they already had done it. I mean, who knows? Yeah. Probably. What are the odds that they yeah. hadn't done anything like that before? So shortly after the um, murder and hiding of yeah. Charmaine, Rena, her mother, returns from Scotland to visit her daughters and is never seen from again. Um. Fred and Rosemary are married in 1972. Fred was working odd jobs and encouraged Rosemary to work as a sex worker, both for fun and for profit. Rosemary became pregnant with their second child, May, and with their growing family and Rose's business, they decide they need a bigger house. So in June of 1972, the couple moved to 25 Cromwell Street, where they would spend the next 20 years committing murder behind closed doors. <clears throat> Is there any, should we take like a small pregnant pause here? Is there... Something, any of your fun facts or things? Let's see. Well, I mean, what is my fun fact? I don't know if we have one for this point. We don't have one for this fun, this point. Okay, well, here's what we're going to say. So, Vani and I, when the story is over, we have so many things we want to talk about because of the fucked up nature of the yeah. story, but also because the next chapter where I'm going, I titled this part, Where This Story Should Have Ended. Oh, I like that. I like so, that. So, in 1972... The Wests hired 17-year-old Caroline Owens, who was a hitchhiker they picked up, to be their nanny. So when Caroline became the recipient of their unwanted sexual advances, she basically was like, no, please back off, I quit. And she tells the family that she's, she's going to quit and she's moving back home. So the Wests, knowing that her mode of transportation was hitchhiking, because that's how they met her. And also just don't hitchhike people. Don't hitch, we've said it. 
we have before and we'll say it again. I told you a bad do story where I did it and hitchhike. I lived, but don't do it. Don't no one do should it. ever hitchhike. So, where am I? Knowing that her mode of transportation was hitchhiking, the West basically formulate a plan to abduct Caroline for their shared sexual gratification by basically knowing she's going to be on the road hitchhiking and they're going to go pick her up. And under the kind of ruse of apologizing profusely and they're so sorry and it'll never happen again, let us give you a ride to the bus station, she gets in their car where they immediately knock her unconscious, tie her up, and take her back to 25 Cromwell Street where they rape and torture her in their basement for several days. After convincing them, and that's what's crazy if you think about this, so she is surviving this. At some point, she must have realized that her best bet was to stop resisting because Mm. eventually they're like, so you'll come back to work for us, right? And she's like, totally. I'll be your nanny. It's all good. So I'm assuming that meant she figured out that the best way this right. is me. I'm Survival. speculating, but that she figured yeah. out the best way to survive was Listen, to just kind of like we're humans, we survive. Give into it, let them believe that she was like there by choice, wanted everything that was happening to her to happen. So she convinces them that she's gonna stay and work as their nanny. And um, as soon as basically they stop locking her in the basement, she escapes. So Caroline goes to the police, and uh, Fred and Rosemary West are charged with rape and kidnapping. But when uh, Caroline refuses to testify out of fear for her life, which I think is completely fair, the charges against the couple were dropped, and they instead pled to indecent assault and were only made to pay $50 or... fucking crazy to me. How does this happen? I don't know. So they each paid 50 quid or pounds or whatever it is at the time. And um, basically after this incident is when the West decide that none of their victims would ever leave 25 Cromwell Street ever again. So they didn't kill her, and because she did go to the cops, even though they somehow, which to me is unfathomable, unfathomable, yeah. <laughs> it's just unbelievable that they got away with it. Yeah. So they decide basically that no one can ever be left alive again. So now what I'm going to do is I'm just going to basically read through over the next... So we're at, where are we? It's 1972. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to basically just go through the list of everybody who entered that house and didn't leave from okay. 1972, 1973, technically, to 1979. So the first victim is Linda Gao. She was 19 years old, and she was a lodger at 25 uh, Cromwell Street when she was killed in April of 1973. Yeah, because they rented rooms, right? Right. Yeah. They had lots of um, people coming in, like boarders, nannies, um, fellow sex workers, yeah. I'm guessing. Uh, Carol Ann Cooper, age 15, was killed in November of 1973 after disappearing on a walk home from the movie theater. Lucy Kathy Partington, age 21, was killed in December of 1973 after disappearing from a bus stop. Teresa Seigenthaler, age 22, was killed in April of 1974. She was a student from South London who disappeared um, after she had basically planned on hitchhiking her way to Ireland. Don't hitchhike, people. Don't, just don't hitchhike. Do it. Not that we're blaming you, Teresa, but just for no. everyone else, nobody ever no. hitchhike. It's this, just too scary. Bad people with bad intentions pick yeah. you up sometimes. Just, just don't do Not it. Not always, but sometimes. So then Shirley Hubbard, age 15, was killed in November of 1974, and she disappeared after leaving a like a life course she was taking in the town of Droitwich. A she, life course? Yeah, so I'm assuming some kind of course, oh. like a class, but didn't sound like normal school, but she oh, was 15. Sure. Um, so she was heading home from a course in Droitwich, which I'm sure I'm saying that wrong, 
Two returned to her home, but never arrived. Juanita Marion Mott, age 18, was killed April 1975. She was a former lodger of 25 Cromwell Street, but was living at a friend's house not there at the time of her disappearance. Mm. Shirley Ann Robinson, age 19, was killed in May of 1978. She was a lodger at 25 Cromwell Street and also worked as a sex worker for the Wests. She disappeared shortly after becoming pregnant with Fred's child. <clears throat> and Allison Chambers was 17, and she was killed in August of 1979, and she is the last known sexually motivated killing committed by Fred and Rosemary West. Mm. So the likelihood that 1979 is the last time these two, I think, ever killed anybody, ever abducted and right. tortured anybody, is pretty much in my brain impossible. Right. So why don't you come in now with your husband's well, fun fact? Well, the fun, one of the fun facts that my husband... The fun fact. Because I've been talking about it, and I'm like, this is so upsetting. And then he was doing all the research, all this research. I was like, you should take my place. Take my place. I, know, I was like, he's not going to take your place. But we will <laughs> totally take his fun facts yeah. and use them as our own. That's fine. So <laughs> his, his fun fact is that apparently Fred West owned another property in a couple towns over. And, um, and didn't he say there was a garden on the property? It was property? a garden on the property. But by the time they, you know... Right. So we'll just... Spoiler alert. Yeah. They don't get arrested until the mid-90s. Yeah. So... 94. Yeah. So the fun fact is at some point before they discovered the second property that he owned, yeah. I guess a highway... Yeah. Was highway was built, built over it. over the property he had owned. Yeah. So underneath, so who knows what's down they there. Didn't, they did not... So the Rip last the one we know of is 1979, and yep, those and were buried in the Chambers. backyard, right? These were all buried on there. These are all the, yeah. the victims that were found yeah. on the property. I also love that, Avrin, you make sure to name the victims, because I just think it's kind. I think it's well, a kind I just, thing. I, I, I think it's important to make sure that, you know, every single one of them has a name. And even though I can't, I, I can't go into each of their stories, yeah. one, because the information right. wasn't there, and also... Because then we would definitely be needing to do a five-hour episode. It would be a five-hour. It would be a, it's a whole yeah. series, and it should be. I'm sure it probably has been done. Like yeah. there probably is an entire podcast just about so. these people because there could so. be. So well, one one also interesting thing, like in so this is in you know um, England, but like in the U.S. at this point, like in the 1980s, this is where. Okay, so you know, kids' lives have changed today. It's 2019. Parents are so much more overprotective. You know, I mean, right. as a parent myself, I'm like, oh, hell no, you know? But back then, that's the Reagan era panic of like stranger missing persons. Stranger right? danger, missing persons. That's when kids were on milk cartons. Oh, yeah. You know? But like back in England and where we're talking, you know, it's just like they didn't necessarily report these kids missing. Well, and one of the things that I think is kind of implied when reading about who these who these women were that they mm -hmm. um, that they victimized is that many of them were runaways right many of them were you know from maybe bad homes which is why they wanted to come live and work as a nanny and right. get away from their current situation so these were women that when they went missing yeah it, people weren't necessarily looking for them yeah and so that's just yeah that is something that i think is so distressing and so I don't know how to fix that problem, yeah. but you know, if no one's looking for you, yeah, it's so much easier. And these people obviously preyed upon. I think the term they usually use, or at least in all the crime shows I watch, is like an at, a person with an at-risk lifestyle. Right. So somebody who works in the sex trade, or somebody who lives on the streets, right. or somebody who's 
in right. a shelter because they're running from an abusive home life, those are all considered at risk, not necessarily because of anything that they've done, but just because mm. their lifestyle puts them at a higher risk than other people. That's scary. And so people who are master criminals, they prey on at-risk people. Sure. They know it is a lot easier to get away with yeah. murdering people that no one's going right. to come looking for. So not that funny. nobody ever looked for these women. There's one story I, about one of the um, girls who went missing. Her mom came to look for her. She was one of the lodgers. Mm. And Rosemary answered the door wearing an article of this girl's clothing. Right, she had her slippers on. She was like wearing her clothes. And she was like, no, that girl was never here. And her mom looked at her and said, well, you're wearing her clothes. Yeah. And she said, oh, I mean, she was here, but she left several weeks ago with her boyfriend. But then the mom never, the mom like, was like, okay. Yeah, but where's the follow-up? Probably. Yeah. Maybe they were just like, my other idea, my other thought is like, these people were so impoverished or I don't know. I don't know either. And also, you know, something that we haven't mentioned yet that I think is an interesting mm. facet of this story is, so they like to pick up hitchhikers, right? right. Or there, so many girls went missing at bus stations. You can only assume yeah. they pulled over and they were offered a ride. Right. So many people, because we can say over and over again, don't hitchhike, don't hitchhike, don't right, hitchhike. Right, 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 of course. But how much safer would you feel if, if when the window rolls down, it is a married couple, oh my God, the totally. woman in the front seat, offering you a lift? Well, this is just like the other Bundy. If you guys, yes. If you guys haven't listened to the other Bundy... It's yes, like, that's our episode about the Sunset Strip Killers, yeah. which is another horrible couple, serial it's true. killing couple. I will be honest with you, before <laughs> I've been doing this, I was like, I was always like, uh, in my mind, I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, my kids will never have like a male babysitter besides somebody, whatever. Anyways, because I'm like, oh, the, a male's more likely to like, well, we're taught that but as I women. But I don't think that's true after like learning some well, of the things I mean, we've I think learned. It's, it's a case by case. It's, it's an true. individual by individual basis. It's your, true. Your sex has nothing to do with it. I your know. gender has nothing to do but with see, it. I but see, I didn't something... know that. I just really thought that male were predators mostly. Well, that's what we're taught. But in, yeah. the, in, in the case of Fred West, ultimate predator. But what makes this so upsetting is yeah. that because you don't expect a motherly looking Woman. suburban housewife... Yeah to be a rapist slash serial killer. Yeah. She's Her like, presence in that car yeah. is what gave those girls the permission See, and comfort honey, to get in. in. And I don't know me, why that, I just made her and Somehow that makes her, you know. that makes her even worse to me. Than yeah, she's the shitty person. They're both she, shitty, They're both, they're both the shittiest people. But she, like, used her, like, motherliness yeah. and her femaleness, basically, to trick yeah. these women into this car where right. she knew exactly what was going to happen to them. And it just makes I mean, me the so saddest mad. thing is, is that she, back when she was a child, survived her father by being, you know, it's like she's just living in this weird, icky id where she's just trying to survive, you know, but also sure. then now she's found power. But she's, she, she's trying to survive, but she also doesn't have any problem with us not letting other people survive. So exactly. I feel bad for her not No, I don't bit. feel bad for her either, but even it's though just like I think we could do an entire separate do do podcast do? about how these types of people are made by exactly. their parents. Um, exactly. because I mean, we let you know, I think the bare minimum of the awfulness done to them by their parents and right. uh, it all started there and then a head trauma. And then we could yeah, you get hit in the head or electroshocked in utero and then you're abused by your Parents, I mean, it's a it's a formula for sure, but it does not excuse any of it. Exactly. Okay, so I'm gonna go on. I'm almost done. I'm almost no, done. I love it. I'm I'm feeling fine about it. I don't love it. Okay, I hate good. it, but I, I hate but, it. But you're not. I hate you're it. You're not feeling like no, like warm and. Vomity. I don't want to. 
go die. No. Good. Not like last time. <laughs> All right. So we ended with um, Allison Chambers, age 17, was killed August 1979, and she is the last known sexually motivated killing committed by Fred and Rosemary West. Yep. So along with all of the women I just mentioned, the West also constantly abused their children. So Fred raped his daughter, Anne-Marie, who was, if you'll remember, there was Charmaine, and Anne-Marie was the second child he had with Rena. So she would have been the stepdaughter to Rosemary. And when Anne-Marie became pregnant with his child, that was basically kind of like the final straw for her. She had an ectopic pregnancy, which I think means like the baby... It's basically oh. like in the fallopian tube. Oh, like a tubal, yeah. So there's no way to actually have the baby. Oh, ouch. Uh, they don't have, I don't know if she miscarried or if she had an abortion, but basically she does not have a child and she flees the home. I mean, I think you can die. I mean, I think you, you definitely have to have can. that. I like, think it's serious. I'm yeah. sure she had to go to a doctor. And yeah. So after that, she, le- she flees the home. And after she leaves, Fred shifts his predatory focus to his next eldest daughter, Heather. Which is Who Rosemary's. is Rosemary and Fred's oldest child. Gotcha. How old is she? She is 17. So Heather was very headstrong and she absolutely refused to just like acquiesce to her father's abuse. Great. She threatened to tell the police. She stood up. She yelled. She sneered. She was not having any of it. Right. So Fred and Rosemary murdered her and dismembered her body Mm. and buried her under the patio that he lay himself in their backyard. And uh, a weird tidbit is the, f- the Wests use the threat to their other children, like, you better not talk or you're going to end up under the patio like Heather. And they use that threat to keep their kids quiet. Right. And afraid to, like, tell anybody what was going on. Okay. We're Deep almost breaths. there. We can do it. We're almost it there. Just gets, it just keeps getting worse. We're at the finish I keep line. thinking, like, we're going to get to the part where they stop and they get caught. So, <clears throat> in May of 1992... Fucking Fred tapes himself raping one of his daughters on he, three separate occasions. He now, tapes himself? He tapes himself raping his daughter on three separate occasions. Ew. So his daughter, and for some reason, I'm glad I'm, I don't have her name because she obviously survived this encounter and, you know, it doesn't need to be publicly known which one of his daughters yeah. this was. But I couldn't, her name was never mentioned. So after he videotaped himself doing this to his daughter three separate times, she told friends at school what happened, and one of her friends told her mom, who immediately went to the police. So the police investigate these charges, and they charge Fred and Rosemary. Um, They charge Fred, and they charge Rosemary as his accomplice with rape and child cruelty, and all of their children are removed from the home and put into foster care. But in 1993, the rape case falls apart when the two main witnesses decline to testify. So again, we have a situation... Because everybody's scared... Because these people people. are like monsters, like true monsters. They're terrified. Also, these people that we're talking about, these are their children. They have been the victims of their abuse and cruelty from the moment they entered the world. So, of course, they're not like too keen to testify. But because of that, the case falls apart and um, they're not prosecuted. Well, what the hell? But I will say... I know. It makes me so mad. Yeah. I'm like, was there nothing else? Where were the tapes? Did you need an eyewitness? Did you need a, someone to testify? Yeah. I don't know. They, I didn't find out that information. I'm okay. assuming there weren't. But that's upsetting. But it's it very is upsetting. upsetting. But basically, from that moment on, the Wests are like on the police's radar now. Right. And they are looking into them. And basically, as part of the investigation into the rape of their daughters, the, Anne-Marie says that her sister Heather can she comes corroborate back. the story. 
Right. Well, Anne-Marie ran away, right? Well, she ran away from the house, but she didn't, like, oh, disappear. Oh, 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 she was still, like, she was able to give the police information. Okay. She said that Heather could corroborate the story. Right. But Heather... Is nowhere to be found. Is nowhere to be found. Because she's under the gash, Darren patio. She's under the patio. And so... Sweet Mary. They tell all these different stories, like, she went to, like, work in Devonshire. I made that up. Is that a town for real? Sure. Yeah, yeah. it is. She went to work there, <laughs> or she... Um, ran off with um, her girlfriend and is working in the sex trade. But basically, they check into her social security number, if she's ever used any kind of health benefits. Right. She has not. Nothing has happened. Like she's, It's like she stopped existing. Yeah, so she's never like... Um, for five years or something. So it's 93. Right. She was killed in 87. So six years has gone by, and there's been no activity on her social security number. So cops are like... It's actually a social insurance number, just so oh, you know. Oh, social insurance The only reason number. I know that is because I'm married to Canadian. Oh, all they right. So, but yeah, so same the thing. SSN is S- only the US. Exactly, and SIN is... All is, right, so um, that makes more sense too because it's actually tracking because public health care is a thing in these places. Yeah, exactly. The US no, for needs sure. to get their shit together. <laughs> so Help us. All right, so where was I? So well, We're okay. talking about the detective. Well, no, we not have, yet. We, we weren't, we're not but there we yet. can. <gasps> well, no, I was just going to say. tell me. Get there. Get there. Okay, let me just, I'm just going to race through the end of this. So, blah da blah After the disappearance of their, um, so, blah, okay, they're trying to find Heather. Yes. Basically, between the fact that they can't find any activity on her SIN. Right. And several strange statements that social workers came forward and said that they, the West children made while they were in custody, which was some kind of weird thing about not wanting to end up three down and two across just like Heather which is the stone that she was under because the patio was like those different like laid out like pieces of concrete you know that then are all together and so they knew that she was two down and three across how fucking fucked up is that that's like Fred being I I read that that like he's always joking don't you be a badoo but obviously the kids didn't think it was a joke they knew it was real they were apparently saying well they knew it was real but they were kind of the fact that they let that information go like it was it was a family thing they said wow so between those statements and the fact that there's been no activity on Heather's SIN they basically get a search warrant to um excavate the backyard and garden of 25 Cromwell Street. After finding human remains, Fred confessed to killing Heather, then he recants his confession, and then he reconfesses to murdering Heather, but states repeatedly that Rosemary knew nothing about it and wasn't involved and had no idea he'd even done it. So after the rest of the house is searched and more remains are found, Fred admitted to nine murders, including the murder of his first wife, Rena, who I mentioned came to visit her daughters and was never seen again, and his mistress, Anna McFall, who was pregnant with his baby. Oh, right. And, and his, that's and before his everybody. First, and his very first murder. Yeah, yeah. As far as we know. Yeah. So Fred, the fucking coward that he is, hung himself in his jail cell on January 1st, 1995. Rosemary claimed innocence and said that she too was one of Fred's victims, but based on very strong circumstantial evidence and the testimony of her stepdaughter, Anne-Marie. Woo! You go, Anne-Marie. I just think you must have been the bravest woman to ever walk planet Earth. Yeah. She was convicted of ten, on 10 counts of murder and sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole, where she remains to this fucking day. Yeah, awful. And that is the horrifying tale of Fred and Rosemary West and uh, their house of horrors. horrors. 
rom crime. Just kidding. That is not romantic no. at all. Um, it's it's so it's so ugly and yeah. It's almost like team crime. That's like what romantic crime is kind of... Com- that's not true. But like in this case, it's <laughs> team like... Team crime. Team crime. Like you get... It's just like two monsters find each other. Oh, but the, uh, we forgot about the detective's name. I love the oh, detective. Oh, well, that's the thing is I will say I wanted to get a really like succinct version yeah, of the no, story. I'm, I love this. We could this. rip the Band-Aid yes. off. But now let's get into the, the interesting details that I, that was the broad yeah. spectrum. So Vanya is about to tell you about the amazing. Okay. So the woman, apparently she had dealt with him back in the, back, back. I don't know even when. I want to say it was in the sixties. Yeah. It had something to do with um, his wife, his first wife, yes, Lena. That's right. So I don't know if it was a complaint filed. But right. She had come across him. And so when his name came back up all yeah. these years later, and Her happened to be Detective Constable Hazel Savage, which is the name of every child I ever maybe have and every future pet. I love it. I love Detective it. Constable Hello. Hazel have Savage. Have you met my child, Detective Constable? <laughs> but that's just Hazel the best Savage. name. So if no, you're listening, so Netflix, good. for your next whatever British listen, procedural, we want, to, we want it to be about her. Oh, yeah, make it about her. But if at the very least, name your oh. lead female detective, Detective Constable Hazel, Hazel Savage. Savage. But she cracked the case because she was not buying that Heather was gone. And she yeah, figured she out that... Yeah, she immediately was suspicious of yeah. Fred West. Yeah. So we love her. Yep. Hero of the story. Lady along Hero with Anne Marie. Detectives. And I think... I think we got it all. I think we, that just about covers it, other than the fact that... Oh, no! One more good thing. Oh, good. One more... I forgot to end. So actually, there's one more thing in the story of Fred and Rosemary Tell West. Tell me. Oh, my God. I'm excited. In 2014. Oh, yes. Our oh, now President Trump. Die. But was, he was not president then, 2014. No, Thank Jesus. That would be way <laughs> too many years of him. Um, he was basically tricked. Um, a Twitter user named Feckhead, which I also am just like, what? I love yeah. it. Basically tweeted... A photo of Fred and Rosemary West and said, at Donald Trump, will you please retweet this photo of my parents? They al- they recently passed away, but they always talked about what a big inspiration you were. Right. And Donald Trump fully retweeted a picture of notorious serial killers, Fred and Rosemary West. I mean, it's crazy. It's, for it's me, the best it, thing ever. And I mean, it's, it's the only truly comedic thing exa- that's to true. come out of this story. I, love, I mean, seriously, it's hilarious. But like, how could he not have just like checked the guy's Twitter feed? No way. Because the guy is like, a comedian. I know, but I'm just saying, if you retweet something, I guess he wasn't the president then, but like he probably wouldn't. Have. I still don't think he re- checks anything he retweets. He just really, <laughs> I think he just really likes like Twitter. A and he's very just, aggressive Twitter. Just tweet, tweet, tweet. Just five a.m. on the toilet every time. Do you, <laughs> <laughs> do you think <laughs> it just? You think it gives him that like serotonin? That's what they say when you get the yeah, likes and the retweets. A drug. You get that like attention. Little, yeah. You know, obviously, reality star, like narcissistic That's, yeah, personality situation. Makes... I'm not trying to get sued by the president, but I'm just saying it's not surprising no. that he he retweeted that because in the tweet it said they always said that you were the biggest inspiration of their life. So he loved that and retweeted yeah. it. But it's just so good. He threatened to sue the the, at the guy, head. yeah, at Feckhead. At Feckhead, we love you. You're our hero. Oh my god, it's very funny. I I, I can't. It is when you sent funny. me that, I was like, this. I honestly was like, Avrin, this is not real. I'm gonna it go look, real. but it's so, it's totally real. And it is, in fact, a hundred percent going to be the photo that we put out into the world when yeah. this episode drops. Just wait. Just wait, because it's the one that everyone needs to Guys, see. Guys, seriously. 
I just have to be honest. I'm very like, I just, I got nervous that we weren't recording. We were fine. Um, (laughs) No, no, I, I'm so, so relieved we're done with this episode. Yes. But I think that her, that Avril and I learned something today about how we need to like sort of go through these really upsetting ones. Well, I think it's a good. You're in the driver's seat and I'm just (laughs) crying on the sidelines. But that's, it's good. That sounds terrible. No, I'm no, just no, over I mean, here to make Vanya weep. No, no, no. And not, feel like she's going to throw up. No, no, no. <laughs> I feel like it, <laughs> You know No, what? but you're right. We, we, we really were, like, we did try to record this once before. And this subject matter, even for someone like me. We did. But someone like me who does enjoy reading and watching documentaries yeah. and learning about all of these notorious people. Because I'm just endlessly curious as to how... How yeah. anyone could become a monster like this? No, me too. But I wonder. This was even hard for. This was hard for me. At one point, I was like, I got to put a pin in this well, for a few hours. What did you say hours. that you and I, I? We're both curious about the why. Yeah, but we're coming from different places exactly. of curiosity. Yep. Yours is more in that way of like, how could any person be like yeah. this? And mine is more in that way of like, what would it take to turn a person yeah. this way? Because I'm coming to it from like, oh. I'm going to pretend that I work for the BAU Which and I'm going to come up with profiles. I think it's really cool. And I honestly think like in another life, you are an investigative. I mean, maybe later in this life. I think you're a... a I, think I think I might be a... Investigative a, journalist. Or an FBI profiler. Really well. Guys, love you. Yes. Thank you so much for listening. Um, we got a few. Let's yes. do some businessy stuff. So oh. if you haven't yet, please rate, review, and subscribe yep. to our, our little baby podcast. Do it. We'd really appreciate it. It's really helpful. Also, we would love like more, I guess, interaction. So, if so you come have to any, Facebook. Come to Facebook and talk to us. I think that's, that's, that's going to be a good space for us. Yes, we've got know? the Facebook page. Yep. Let's start a dialogue there. We also have um, the Rom Crime Podcast at gmail.com is our email. If you want to get real DMing. If you have any DMing. suggestions yes. or if you have any confessions. And then we have a Twitter for real Z. For real, we have, it's not future Twitter anymore. No, it's, it's for real Z Twitter. Twitter. So you yeah. can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Rom Crime. And Facebook. Like our Facebook page. Let's get in a dialogue. Because I think yeah. this is, true crime is uh, one of those things that for, I think a lot of people, it feels like it's a secret interest. Yeah. But it's not. Yeah. There's a whole community of people who who are interested and who like to talk yeah. about these cases and who like to try to solve them and understand the mysteries of the human mind and how yes. it's so fucked up in so many ways. So we would love to invite you to chat with us about those things. Join us. So yeah. Bye. Bye. We love you.